Welcome back to another episode of Mapping the Metaverse. I'm Jay Crypto with Subcritical, and we are here today. Subcritical, where the hell are we? We are in spatial.io again. Uh, today we're hanging out in CES Watch. This is somebody's house, which is kind of cool. It looks really nice in here. I don't know if this is from a specific TV show or anything. There's pictures of like people. I'm guessing it is from a TV show, uh, but I couldn't tell you what show it is. Yeah, this reminds me of um, some of the, uh, yeah, it reminds me of, it's a little den. It looks like a den. It's very old fashioned, huge house, whoever's house this is modeled after. It's a pretty big house. Um, I wouldn't say, I would almost say that it reminds me of these in Rhode Island, right? There's like a thing that when you live on the East Coast, sometimes you go with your school and stuff and you go to Rhode Island and you visit the, uh, there's mansions on like the water of Rhode Island. There's some of the biggest mansions in the world. And uh, this, this isn't quite as nice as those. This is like much, much, uh, you know, much it's different, but it's similar in age, I would say, of the interior design. Looking like this is kind of the similar concept, I guess. But we've only been in this one room, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know. And somebody came up to us to talk, but I can't. <laughs> I might need to like turn some audio on. It looks like it's showing no audio device. I keep having issues yeah. whenever I come in here. There's a guy in the corner for a while, too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I see people just kind of hanging. Um, I think he's been. I do have my mic on, so other people might be able to hear me in this room. But I literally. He's been watching us for a while. You know how to take a seat? I mean, I guess <gasps> we probably I hear people clapping. Oh yeah, I remember like that. The only sound? thing I ever get is clapping noises. Yeah, that's like the sound that we were we were hearing before. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but why can we only hear clapping and we can't hear? Like... Oh, dude, you gotta come upstairs, bro. There's a huge party. I don't think we can go upstairs. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't actually. Oh. There's this creepy yes. back room over here. You have to be invited, bro. You have to hold the NFT. Hang on, this creepy closet over here. Dude, that's like, what do you mean? There's a creepy closet bro yeah come back here dude i don't know man let's go in the kitchen no i i don't watch i don't watch any movies that instill degeneracy bro oh like you just double click double click have a seat oh you double click relax yeah. enjoy yourself dude dude are you sitting too yeah. okay yeah, so it's been a, a wild week, right? Uh, do you want to start off with what you've been kind of seeing this whole week? Well, for me, bro, like, yeah, I hopped into the... Uh, so for those that don't know, Ardana and Orbis, you know, I have the same founder. And we'll talk a bit more about it. But there was a tweet to kick it off I saw from, I think it was uh, a group chat. And it was... It was probably a few hours after Whale tweeted out that both those projects were quote unquote rugging. And though it wasn't something that like personally affected me, I knew that there was going to be just absolute 
like Twitter drama because that was a big that was a big legitimate looking project to a lot of people in Cardano. And I know that they did get a good amount of capital. So though I did go to the Twitter space today, I probably think that that's like a smaller story. I think the bigger story is the one that people aren't talking about at all, maybe because that happened, which is the Scott Fest keynote where Charles basically gives us a lot more detail of how they're going to approach Voltaire, right? Which is going to, you know, include this first step in the SIP uh, 1694. So I was up all morning kind of reading that SIP and then I caught the tail end of the space. But, you know, it. I think that my mind has been more on some of the positives that um, I see in the innovative side of Cardano and governance moving forward. More so than the uh, the drama, though, I do think that there's from the space I listen to, it is it is really good that people are paying attention to this event, because even while I was listening, it seemed like there was just a lot of lessons to take away. Right, bro. It's like there there's when you see if some might call this a failure. Right. Uh, (laughs) Some might laugh when I even even, you know, say that that way. But if you think that this is a failure, it's a bit it's it's kind of like a bigger one from like a from like a project and like a team, maybe. And there's definitely lessons to be taken away. Um, yeah, I definitely I definitely think overall that's that's how I, you know, approach this whole day, man, even when I woke up. But obviously I knew about these events, you know, the last few days. How about you, subcritical? what's been going on yeah that's a really good point is that we just had like the summit and the scott fest and a lot of really cool news came out of those things and then with all the drama everybody just like already kind of like forgot and like has well, started it's hard, moving on. Dude. It's, it's hard it's much harder i feel like to research sip 1694 bro than it is to like talk about twitter drama about a rugged project too like it's it's difficult man like it takes a lot a lot of reading yeah i mean people are here for entertainment not to read sips like i guarantee you most people yeah. don't read sips at all <laughs> that's my point bro and that's what uh is somewhat somewhat my message right is to like yo you might people might enjoy reading the sip it might be hard work but guess what it's gonna be gratifying once you do and you won't be all like juiced up with like you know drama but I do think there's good lessons to learn. I think you're kind of part of this crowd that's really trying to understand the mess in a objective, reasonable way and and ask the tough questions, but also think about lessons moving forward. Um, a couple of great questions you had. I thought one was basically about NDAs, right? Projects, are they really doing these NDAs? Uh, most projects probably aren't having anybody sign NDAs and it's allowing for a lot of a lot of tricky stuff. We can get into all that stuff though, but I love what you're doing on the front lines of like understanding the stuff and breaking it down by the way. So I just wanted to give you your roses for that. I'm sure, I think, I'm sure it uh, affects your mental health more than people realize. <laughs> well, what was really funny is that like the whole, the whole week I kind of just like started out for fun. I saw uh, there was a bunch of drama with like Monad and the ape society and them, you know, calling them, a Ponzi or whatnot, and then I thought it was just like regular Twitter drama that was just kind of like 
for fun and people are bored in the bear market, whatever. And I had like tweeted out like, are we going to play like nice today? And then all of a sudden like craziness like ensued where we had uh, Indigo uh, gave some tokens to one of their advisors, which is DC. And then he went and sold those at market value, uh, causing the price to kind of drop down. So that info got out. So people were kind of pretty upset about that. Uh, and then, of course, we had Ardana coming out and saying, hey, uh, we're not continuing with the project. We're also not continuing with Orbis because we ran out of funds, which is just wild to me that all this news just kind of came out. <laughs> like one I didn't even know about the Indigo thing. Yeah, damn. Yeah, so I've just been on, like, Twitter, obviously, way too much <laughs> and, like, trying to talk to these people uh, because I had a space scheduled with Liquid on Friday already. So I kind of had to get, like, I get in this news and figure out what was going on. That way I could, you know, talk about it on Friday. I know people want to know about it. Um, and then trying to get all the, you know, both sides going on there. So talking to both teams a little bit. Um and then, of course, with the Ardana stuff, it kind of popped out of nowhere. So I like created a Twitter space, and then we had like over 200 people in there like within like I a couple that. minutes. And I was like, oh, my God. And we were just kind of trying to discuss. And then also it was nice because we got a few people from um, the dev teams on Orbis and Ardana to come up and tell us a little bit about what they kind of knew from behind the scenes that they could tell us because they were obviously under NDAs. Uh, but I don't know, man, like everything just kind of just went so quick and there's a lot of info to get. Uh, and I'm always trying to look for lessons to learn from these things that happen. Dude, speaking of the uh, Madad and the Ape Society thing, <laughs> dude, so like I I obviously so I have an unsig and an Ape Society, right? So like I feel like I, I can kind of say this. Um I think it's hilarious because there's this new trend evolving and I haven't like participated on Twitter on it or anything, but dude, have you seen this new trend of like people basically taking, they're buying up an unsig if they have an ape or they're buying up an ape if they have an unsig and they're basically just putting the ape on top of the unsig and they're saying like, they're for Cardano. They're not for anyone project or something. <laughs> yeah, Are you I've seen this? some of these uh, because I was like, they were using that Mash Mash app or whatever that you had mentioned to me a while back. Yeah. And I mean, they look good. That's like the funniest thing is that like with all the colors that's in those like unsigs, they really look great as like a background on like anything. I know, right? They actually look great. And I think it's hilarious. But um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's tough about Indigo too. I didn't even realize that. How is that? What's the uh has anything has anything like is there anything wrong with the advisor doing that? So there's nothing wrong with selling your property, right? But the thing that people are upset about is the way it was handled was just selling straight into the market, you know. Usually most people, like even if it's like a big whale, will not just market dump, you know, they'll slowly sell off. That way they're like, the people who are buying can get back in and do it, right? Because we don't have a ton of liquidity here on Cardano, especially, you know. Um, if you were to sell like on like a huge exchange, you might not have as much of an impact with that little amount of money. But here on Cardano with the minimal amount of liquidity, there was no time for anybody to react, you know, like people could have bought that back up. Uh, 
But, I mean, it's his property to do with what he wants. That's what he decided to do. I think the next thing people are wondering is if Indigo is going to continue to give DC his allocations and if he's going to continue to sell those off instantly when he gets them. Who is DZ? DZ? DC. Uh, Dwayne Cameron, he is the co-founder of Liquid. And he was a co-founder of Indigo, but then he took an... got like stepped down to an advisor role, and now he's no longer an advisor at all. Interesting. I wonder why. Uh, supposedly they said it was so he could go focus on Liquid more, um, and then that's what he's been doing. I see. Okay, and then Orbis and Ardana. Um, anything people should know if they haven't heard about any of it yet, and like they hold ardana or like dana token like what's the quick tldr and then we can move on yeah so the quick thing is right so a while back a couple weeks ago we heard ardana released their new roadmap they were saying that hey uh, the stable coin is going to take longer than we thought we're just going to focus on our swap which pretty much be just like kind of like a dex um and then people were upset by that because they're like wait no we were expecting a stable coin soon that's that's what Ardana is going to be known for. And that's going to be, it's like moneymaker, you know, like that's, what's going to bring people in who want to provide liquidity, earn those Dana tokens and stuff like that. So yeah. then Ardana was like, okay, uh, we heard the people we are going to focus just on the stable coin. And then that'll allow us to get it out in the first half of next year. Most likely people are like, okay, I mean, that's better than nothing. And then suddenly after the summit, uh, they just released and said, hey, uh, we are not able to continue. We are out of funds, which just sounded really opposite of what they were just saying a couple of weeks ago when they were like, hey, we're good to continue. We'll be done in a year. Like, it made it sound like everything was fine, right? And now this is where we're at, where they're hoping somebody's going to buy them up. Uh, I know Sunday Swap is looking into it. I think I saw MinSwap post on it. Tons of other projects are probably reaching out to see how much, you know, is required to finish out that swap um, or if there's anything they can get out of there, like take that technology and use it for their own. I know if any of... uh... Did you see the Ape Society? Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I saw the Ape Society, but they really don't have enough devs to continue that nor enough money. So I don't really see the point of them trying to get it. Well, I I think it depends on the... um, Like how much money do you think it is and how many, cause the eight, the eight force one is, uh, three devs, I believe. So I don't know how many more devs they would need to finish it. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's definitely money that is also to be considered, but I wonder how much money the Dow has accumulated being like, it's gotten, you know, as as much volume as it has on secondary market. Yeah, I don't know. But with Ardana saying they spent like $7 million on doing protocol stuff, it's uh, pretty wild. And I'm pretty sure they're going to want to get some money back from whoever buys whatever they have left. $7 million, you said? Yeah, they had $10 million, and they said they spent like three quarters of it on development. And what's, what's uh, so where's the rest? Uh, the rest was either like overhead for, you know, just whatever they had to do, marketing, providing, you know, 
uh, liquidity on different exchanges and markets, market making stuff. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much like all that money is gone. And then Gosh. Orbis also, uh, they raised, I think they said they had 1.3 million. Uh, they burned through like 700K and then they had 500K left, but they put that on FTX and it is gone. Did you see what I said about this whole thing on my uh, video? I'll give you the TLDR, man. Like, I said basically this. This is my first reaction. Because we just need to take the emotion out of this for a second. You see, what happened was IOHK with the layer one of Cardano. We were asking them to build a lot of tools for us a lot of a lot of fancy tools a lot of tools to even build on cardano right and what i think happened is ihk purposely didn't build those to basically prove and to foster a self-sufficient community saying to us figure it out build it yourself uh build these things that you want yourself and that did happen now, the thing is, what also happened, right, is you saw projects have to invest a ton of money into building the tools and doing the research on things that their project wants to allow. So it's much more costly to build on Cardano for that reason, or it was for these early pioneers. And that was like the first day that this happened that I said that and it seems like that is partly true after today's space because uh, I think it's R Ryan Ryan mentioned at the end of the space that he noticed or he was just stating clearly trying to describe the differences of building in an in a ecosystem like Ethereum that's more developed versus one like Cardano so it's kind of uh, these complicated nuances that better help us all understand where we're at as an ecosystem, I think. Yeah, I mean, with the way Cardano is right now and the amount of tooling and people trying to make different languages, like Axos making their own X language and things like that. So I think I get, the money was mismanaged on Ardana's side uh, because Yarek came up and kind of explained that he thinks they were overpaying. I mean, we'll kind of see how that works out. Yeah. Um, no, totally. And let me just be perfectly clear. That's a hundred percent it too. And and I also, you know, definitely uh, mentioned that part of it. However, um, it's you know both can be true at the same time, right? There can be mismanaged funds. Sorry, I just like stuff. teleported. Oh, no, no. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, dude, come back to the table. This is so critical. We're waiting on dinner. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited for that macaroni. <laughs> it's probably going to have cobwebs in it, judging the wallpaper. They need to renovate. Hey man, quit trying to flip houses. I know you were in real estate, but you gotta slow down, dude. <laughs> dude, dude. Come on, man. I'm just trying to improve the environment. 
I don't know, man. This is some some good bones here. We don't have to mess it up. Uh, dude, some critical, man. I just think that you've been on spaces too much, dude. You you just <laughs> uh <laughs> you're just a little cranky, bro. It's like <laughs> sorry, I, I just, had, to, had to break up the talk and see if maybe somebody's gonna laugh out of something. I mean, because this has been pretty serious. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty serious. It just kind of shows that the amount of money that needs to be poured into this and the amount of like oversight that's not even happening because you had like CFUN invested. You had members of like IOD on different teams. You've had, you know, multiple dev teams working on these projects. Because uh, that was kind of what I brought up in that space is like nobody saw this coming at all. Like, there's no mention of it. Like, how? wasn't weren't they so yeah and then there's things so i think both are true dude at the end of the day if we're being like objective because i know plutarch is actually a pretty big deal um talking with some devs around the ecosystem that's something that will be like a little bit of a sneaky thing that's good to have along the way um and I know that Ardana, like they, they helped in terms of some research there that's open source, but I do agree that 7 million, you know, obviously there's some mismanagement here happening. Uh, and the point that you were about to make was that essentially if they, if they overpaid for anything, Yarek in the space today made a great point, which is go and see if you can prove that and get reimbursed for overpaying, right? So the story doesn't end here. We'll see what happens, whether Ardana gets bought, whether they somehow recuperate some funds. Uh, the story doesn't end here. Is that correct? So critical. Yeah, it's definitely correct. Nothing nothing ends here. Uh, C Fund is obviously going to wonder where all their money went. Uh, I saw Charles say they lost like he lost. He said I lost 500k. So I don't know how much C fund invested in there and how much if it was just 500k was just strictly Charles's chunk of it or not. But they're going to be looking into it, right? They're probably going to look at all their finances and see what they did with it. Uh, then we're going to see other projects looking into what they have to offer. Like if they go in there and they look at whatever it is and they're like, this isn't worth anything. Like what happened here? Or if it, maybe it is worth, maybe it's like there's a diamond in there that they can, you know, use and start building with it somewhere else. Uh, but obviously, yeah, we did get Plutarch out of it, which helped uh, a lot of projects kind of build. And Ardana was also part of the DeFi Alliance. So I don't know how much info was being shared in that group there. I don't know. It's just it's just pretty wild to me, and I'm hoping that we can come out of all this stronger. No, absolutely. So, what do you want to talk about next? We can talk about uh, midnight. We can talk about uh, the keynote where we basically got a little bit of uh, more information on governance in Voltaire. Did you did you have a chance to watch that keynote? By the way. No, I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. Oh, uh, dude, you should. You I should mostly watched the like, midnight one. Uh, then got wrapped up in all this stuff because I had to get ready for my space. So I was looking through white papers and just never got around to this one yet. Oh, yeah, dude. So, so, dude, this is by far the bigger, more important thing happening right now, in my opinion. And nobody's really talking about it. Well, there's a few people. I shouldn't say nobody. It's a big deal, man. It's going from IOHK, Emergo, Cardano Foundation, 
holding all the seven keys to giving it over to the community. That's like a, that's like all these projects are built on Cardano. The, the, the process of transitioning that power and making IOHK no longer a stewardship and making the community empowered to be part of the institutions that build Cardano and that decide things on Cardano philosophically may be the biggest, uh, most important event for the Cardano protocol in its entire history. And I think I'm almost just tempted to uh, to say it bluntly. I think we should all get involved. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's obviously going to be <laughs> the community taking over, like the huge next step here. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like there's still so much building that needs to be done. But I guess all that's supposed to kind of happen in tandem. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. If you believe that the projects today are so great, are so magnificent, that they'll be the stellar projects, not just for the next bull run, but in the next 10, 20 years, then yeah, sure. We can you know say that there's a lot of building to be done. But if you think that there's an ounce of truth in the fact 99% of the projects today won't be around in three to four years, then... Any building that happens today is purely foundational for other projects to be launched and improved upon. Therefore, the governance of how things are decided in all objectivity and complete arrogance for the sake of making this point is going to end up being much more important <laughs> after seeing what being a catalyst was like. And investing research and time into that process, especially for things like SIPs, for things like parameter changes. And if IOHK is just going to turn over the keys to members that decide to participate in this protocol, because if you believe that the tech, the route that IOHK went with uh, the EUTXO model is the deal maker for Cardano. And it's not necessarily the projects on it today, then it's a whole different way to look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely is. But seeing as like how much money is required to make anything here, since we're like starting from scratch, uh, we're obviously going to need these people around for a while that have tons of token and are able to, you know, spend the amount of money that is needed for all this stuff. And remember too, dude, we have things coming too, like uh, DSLs, Icon right now. I know Alessandro is not only using Icon, but he's actually building it alongside Microproofs or Casey, who's one of the engineers at JPEG Store, which is basically going to be like a more, imagine if Rust was able to be used on Cardano's L1 to build dApps. Like it's going to be a much more familiar language to people that use Python, Rust, all these different languages. And yeah, dude, just quick shout out to that, by the way, because I know that they tried to get it funded in, uh, I think, the last round of Catalyst and it didn't get funded. So I, I think that, like that's a very important thing because that could greatly reduce the cost for building on Cardano if we had a language that could be compiled 
into, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, all these things are definitely going to add a lot of value and hopefully bring in more people and make it easier for people to build and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, I think it was even like that, like Johnny from like IOG was like posting. I was like, this is like a tough time for builders right now, which really is like yeah, the amount of money that's coming is. in isn't as great. And I know a lot of devs were getting paid some good money. And a lot of people were saying that those were fair rates when they were saying they were paying devs like 25 K a month. Uh, and that's a lot of money to burn through very quickly. And when your token price isn't just sky like slamming down into the ground, um, you can sell a bit of tokens and get some money to keep paying the bills. Uh, but at this point, it doesn't look like that liquidity is there for these projects to rely on. So there's like two things that I see that are very important for people to understand. Like, number one, Cardano is a bit arrogant. Like, we we believe that uh, the route that Cardano is going, right, in the Cardano community is the best route. And to get there, you have to take this approach where you basically incentivize communities to self-structure themselves, making the entire blockchain more decentralized. So how do you do that? Well, you tell them to build tools themselves. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, now you have people trying to get funding to build those tools so they can hire devs. You have these sort of intermediary projects that are basically just proving that something can be built on Cardano. And yeah, it's tough. And then you have people trying to like build in their, you know, after their nine to five development, you know, tasks for a project, a compiler to make coding on Cardano much easier. Now that's, that's all, you know, that that's what it is. Like, that's kind of what it is, but the L1 architecture is so beyond what anyone else in the blockchain space has accomplished going the route of using a functional programming language on an EUTXO accounting system that there's not really any competition biting at our heels. So then the question is, okay, well, are we really in a race against time? Are we rushing this? Or is everyone else going to basically just run into the same issues and realize they're going to have to shift over to what Cardano is doing? If that's the case, then it doesn't really matter how long things take because we're kind of ahead from the L1 architecture standpoint. And if we don't make trade-offs that basically create the effect of us trying to look more like ETH to compete with ETH, even if ETH will run into roadblocks in the future because of the way that the accounting system is marked up, then we're kind of going to stay pure and true to what we have and let things develop organically. And nobody else is really up to Cardano's you know, level when it comes to building this type of architecture out. And if it's truly the best because of our sidechain model, being able to tap into the L1 validators, which we already have 3,000 of, then we uh, we could basically just launch these specialized sidechains, which is a ton of research that IOHK is doing right now to allow for those kinds of things to happen that can use EVM, that can use Python, that can use Rust all these things. So that way we just are using the validators on the L1. We might not even see a ton of projects using the L1 for the L1 sake. We might just see a bunch using L2s and sidechains. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely scaling solutions and all kinds of stuff going on. So I'm not saying like, like it's out, I guess we sound like super bearish. Uh, I, I guess I'm well, bearish no, no, on I, protocols, I, dude, I would I, say. Like there's going to be a lot of 
yeah. protocols yeah, yeah. and stuff that don't survive, <laughs> a lot of NFT my, yeah, projects that don't survive. <laughs> projects currently today, and I know it sounds that, but I think it's the right way to go. Yeah, because... I mean, I would just stay safe. Like a lot of people are hoping, you know, to accumulate in the bear market. This is just the start, so it's no. probably better yeah. to kind of watch and see what can survive this. Uh, I mean, I guess if you are buying their tokens, you're kind of providing some liquidity for these projects. Uh, but it's probably better to kind of wait it out and see what they do, yeah. what kind of funding they get. Something Ada. that was kind of released in our, the liquid talk we had the other day, Bison uh, token was kind of going after DC a little bit. And he did release, hey, we're going to, we did a funding round. I guess C-Fund uh, did a seed round. They were kind of pushing for that, I guess. So they did raise some funding, even though that was a, originally just going to be a fair launch project. Uh, but I think here's a brilliant idea. What if people <laughs> just started buy, buying ADA? Like, I know that's that's like one of the biggest things I keep I kept trying to like tell people before people is like startup if you really believe in Cardano, startup investing like background. Why are people mm -hmm. trying to do that? And they're just like, what? That's like that's what they call degens, right? So critical, like just to make it very simple and and clear, that's degen, right? Yep. is when you basically are not like a startup investor and you're going to the absolute end of the spectrum on the risk curve, right? Yeah, well, I just think like when CFUN invests in these projects, they have, I'm sure they sit down and they talk to these founders and they look at their numbers and what they got and their teams and all that. And they invest and they still fail. And then we have us that do a Twitter space with somebody and then maybe read a white paper and we're like, found it i found the golden goose this is gonna make me rich like no like stop like if all these protocols we think are so great are going to be great if you're holding cardano the you know cardano itself is valuable <laughs> at that point because you need it to use all these protocols right yeah i think most of my investments bro are honestly in like nfts <laughs> like the thing is, I like space buds for a particular reason. I like Clination because it gives you the IP rights. I like Ape Society because it gives you the IP rights. And I'm buying these things. And by the way, my Ape Society, I did not buy at 8,000 ADA or whatever it's at now. I bought it at like one or like 2,400 ADA. And it was, you know, it was just like everything else is metaverse, bro. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm hoping that Virtua, right, is a place that I can utilize VR assets on and I can host things that they give me tools to use like the cribs, which I've used, right? And it's like pretty cool. And being able to build out a fan cave and experience for, for my YouTube channel. So like my strategy is like that. Like that's that's a whole different thing, I think personally, than buying fungible tokens for DeFi protocols that are startups. Um, I wouldn't even consider, yeah, I'm not qualified to pick, you know, like I don't, I don't manage a fund that invests in cryptocurrency startups. So I'm not, I don't have the analysts that are doing that kind of stuff. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. there's just, a, it's, it's like you can be a cryptocurrency investor by just investing in ADA, staking your ADA and potentially reaping the rewards in five years of accumulating so much ADA that every single Epic you're getting staking rewards in ADA and 50 other different sidechain tokens. That's the part that people don't get. Like there's, there could be 50 types of different sidechains that are super profitable, doing amazing stuff, specialized sidechains with all of these projects and dApps. 
and that's I feel like the smarter play in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially if you get to a certain amount, if you did want to run your own stake pool, you could do that too. And then rewards are going to be given out for those stake pools that are doing that. Because I mean, just look at the stake pools in where we're at. They are, you know, they're doing batching for either Sunday or min, and they're making, you know, profits there. They're making their profits every epoch, but just by, you know, having the network be decentralized. Um, and then also when, you know, midnight comes around, they'll start to get dust tokens and things like that. Some of that will be spread out to their delegators and some they'll take for their own. Uh, yeah, so you'll just be rewarded for being part of the ecosystem. And that's totally fine to just be part of this. Because uh, I'm not throwing tons of my money at all these things, hoping for the next 200 times gem or whatever that used to be on YouTube all the time. Uh, I'm here to learn and be in here. And that's why I've like taken on like a few moderator positions just to, you know, learn more about these, to talk to people more, kind of see what's going on behind the scenes a little bit more and try to understand it. And then also uh, it's doing what we're doing here where there's NFTs we're buying, but it's for purposes of using it uh, because I feel like it has that value to use it. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be valuable to Sometimes you. Too, like I've degened into some NFT projects just because like I'm a nice guy and like I talked to the founder in a Twitter space and they shilled me their project. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll, yeah. I'll <laughs> yeah. There's so, been plenty of things I bought just because hard, I like the person. Like, so I just buy it because I know that's money that they could use to hang out for a little while. And longer. I go and I think they'll go to zero. I swear to God. Like I even do it a pod purchase. So I was like, okay, this is probably going to go to zero, but fuck it. Like I just had like an hour conversation with this guy. He's a supporter of the channel, whatever. I've never seen this money back. I'll just keep <laughs> it at me. And like nothing I can do about it, but it was a conscious decision. Definitely. There's definitely a lot of stuff I own that I know I'm never going to get the ADA that I put into it. And I'm fine with that because I don't go crazy with it. And it's fine too, like, like you said, to like, like DeFi, when I first got into DeFi, right, it was on Binance Smart Chain. And I would definitely say that I was a little bit, you know, there's a point where I was I was trying out the yield farms. I was trying out the most crazy stuff, algorithmic stable coins, I remember. And I remember just like learning so much about DeFi. And I'm and I'm thankful that I did that stuff. I'm thankful that I learned all that stuff because mm -hmm. then I, I never, I never invested in DeFi again. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, but I think I, it's great. I'm like, kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not, it's like, you have to almost learn that stuff the hard way. I feel like too, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's test nets and stuff too, that I try to get people to use because not only most people reward you for using their test net, uh, but also you get to learn something new and you kind of figure it out uh, before yeah, you lose all your that's money. That's great. No, that's a great thing to do too, to get people like involved that way. I think um, it was funny when people were talking about getting the yield on Cardano because I didn't even see any yield to really get the way that the, <laughs> the volume was there. It's like people were saying they were doing DeFi because they wanted the yield. And I was like, dude, the yield is long gone, man. You had to be at like Binance Smart Chain in the DeFi summer to get the yield, bro. Like that's what like so much liquidity entered those protocols like compound and ave in december of 2020 yeah, we really missed the whole rush of uh of people coming in and trying things out uh, that's what got me bro is like seeing my ave tokens just like go like do like a 50x and i was like oh man this is great this is good yield 
and then you see the other side of it when you stay in that that industry for too long of like wait a second hold on hold on they're inflating the supply there's something there's some trickery afoot and yeah like, i mean that, that's just how all that works but a lot of people just you know, haven't gone through that journey yeah, they haven't gone through the journey they don't really know what's going on there uh and then there's not very many people using Cardano as much as we want to say, like, hey, tons of people are using it. There's not. Uh, so there's a lot of people that can manipulate the markets very easily. There's a lot of people that own tons and tons of NFTs that you are getting into. Like, there's people that that's their sole purpose here is to move these markets around to their will. And if that's what you want to get involved with, like, people should know, like, that that's going on. Oh, yeah, dude. Exactly. It's true, man. Like, it's so funny because um the projects that I'm in, like the bigger ones, right? There's definitely whales in those NFT projects. But like at the end of the day, man, it's like, do you think that this project will provide you some kind of value? Like entertainment value? Is it gonna give you IP so you can do something with it? Is is do you think the community will actually be strong? NFTs are interesting to me because like some of the communities could just remain remain strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, there's going to be people that stick around and play these games and use the metaverse and things like that. And there's obviously people that are around that just are holding on to land, hoping that the price goes way up so they can dump it and, like, get out of it. Like, right. that's what people are doing. That's what they're speculating with. Like, they provided money by buying these NFTs to whatever project in hopes that the project does build whatever they say they're doing and then there's value in these nfts because a lot of them were just nfts right there's no actual utility until there's something there you can use it with you can say it's going to have utility but a lot of them don't have any utility yet Mm -hmm. yeah or you can make your own utility right yeah, that's true. Also, like if you have IP, you can make something with it. Like we've seen with Board Ape uh, Yacht Club, that there's people that have made, you know, like burger shops. There's people that have started coffee businesses. There's people that are doing all kinds of stuff with the IP uh, to make their own business with it. And that was like one of the, you know, utilities, you know, like go out and be an entrepreneur. Now you have these people that might just be invested in you because this IP has a name already. People already know what Bored Apes is. They might go there and eat a burger just because like, oh, I've heard of a Bored Ape before. I'll go eat at this burger place. Like that like empowers you. Yeah. And even something at a smaller scale too. Like I think about the person who is, you know, an animator and they buy one of these collections and they can actually start to do animations for clay nation and they can actually like you know build a brand that way too like even on their own like solo that probably wouldn't be able to do that as an animator in a traditional world like i'm excited for because that's kind of what happened with social media too a bit you know that you had all these different jobs get disrupted where like they had to work for somebody but now they could start their own brand and they could be like a lifestyle brand right and like i think we're gonna see that with ip nfts too yeah definitely like i think that's kind of what people were talking about a lot with these and then i don't know suddenly people don't talk about it as much maybe just because there's not enough hype anymore so people are just well, i, I think know, it'll like bashing time. each other everywhere yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends who you talk to, too, because I do think that we're too early to even see that at scale. 
But I do think that's the potential that we're early enough to be able to understand the context of where it's going. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's actually going to continue to play out more and more. It's just like, we're super early with that. So there's going to be like, other things with that even that could be important to watch like how ip rights get you know juggled with the art and things of that nature and like how projects navigate the specifics of challenges but i do think overall we will come to a consensus there will be standards built and that will provide an amazing opportunity to infiltrate a community that gives you incredible support and you basically buy your club, your your country club ticket into the community and provide value for that community's IP and get rewarded externally because now you have a community for your brand automatically that supports your brand and shares it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one thing, right? Even with like uh, the Ape Society, when I saw like Monad like talking crap about him or whatever, and then they were they came and like had that space together and actually talking and... You know, the Ape Society was telling them about their DAO and how there's like real people, like say if like somebody owns a plumbing business and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, you're part of the Ape Society, like they will help you out. Like they're like building more structures behind obviously just like the gamification of the token and, you know, uh, picture frames and stuff like that. Like that's part of what they're doing. That's they're just trying to figure out what to do with an NFT. That's fine. But there's also like this community behind it and the fact that their DAO, you know, provided all the money actually get the ape society at cnft con and things like that like there's it's too early to just start calling everything like a scam or a rug pull or whatever on an nft project and this is so new (laughs) that we have no idea what direction these are going and they're just trying to go in all directions (laughs) and it's fine dude i feel like some of them are deep too like there's uh i had a lot of empathy for manad uh alex i love how i dude i was i feel like i was one of the first people to like just call him my dad because um that wasn't always the thing you know most people just would call him alex but then when they started calling him a dad it was kind of like an affirmation that maybe maybe i started that trend back in the day i could be completely wrong but i think um i think i was one of the first and i had a lot of empathy because it is deep you have to really research what's going on uh, for the Ape Society to see like kind of okay they're actually doing a lot for what an NFT project can actually do today like there's like they're limited to so many things that NFT projects could really do and they're trying to like you know find the boundaries of that I think yeah definitely like they're doing stuff <laughs> like like I'm fine like they're actually like doing things but there's you know some NFT projects that have a lot of money too but we haven't heard anything from them like whatever happened to that uh, what was the what was the cyberpunk type one again? Was it I forget his name? Like Cardano City, right? Was that it? So, uh, yeah, Cardano City maybe. Yeah, I like never they raised one. a bunch of money, but we haven't heard anything since they raised that money. Like, are they actually working on anything? Or are they just kind of stay up for no reason? Like, I never researched it because I never bought one. Well, there was uh, nothing to uh. research. <laughs> That's the thing. It was just straight up marketing. Uh, that made everybody kind of FOMO into it because they like were right at that peak when everybody was just buying whatever. Um, and then a bunch of people bought them up and then there was no news and then it, everybody just kind of got over it. Yeah. I do think, uh, whoa, what happened? Oh, no, there I am. I know, Dude, you're like so sitting like five inches above your chair now. It's very uncomfortable. Um, do you, uh, what's your favorite cereal? 
Let's go speed round. Favorite cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ah, oh, really? That has yeah. a lot of sugar in it, man. Yeah, that's the point of cereal. If I didn't, Dude. If I didn't want sugar, then I'd eat like... Honey Oreos. bunches of... Uh, what is it called? Honey bunches of oat, bro. You can go the healthy way. Honey bunches of oats? Like, get out of here. That stuff smells like cat pee, dude. It does not. It does. It smells like cat pee. Guaranteed. It smells like... It smells like... It smells like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It like... No, it, it doesn't. It smells like cat pee. Get that stuff out of here. It does not. It does not smell like cat pee, bro. What are you talking about? It does. I hate it. Get it out of here. Honey bunches of oats does not smell like cat pee, dude. That's absurd. <laughs> I know what cat pee smells like because I grew up with cats and they used to pee. And like, that does not smell like cats, bro. Cat pee. That's a false. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's, that's definitely just like a blatant, slanderous, untrue accusation, bro. I mean, dude, you can believe whatever you want. Dude, I'm telling you, man. You got a whole community now mad at you. The Honey Bunches of Oats community, bro. All right, best uh, soft drink. Soft? I don't drink anything soft, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, lo you love the hard you stuff. Mean, I get dude. it. No, dude. That, no, yeah, I don't want to put anything soft in my body. You are what you drink, bro. What's your favorite soft drink? What does that even mean? Are you talking about like sodas? Yeah, soft drinks, man. Is that what they call them over there? <laughs> soft, soft drinks. Yeah, dude, sodas is what uh, we call them. What's your favorite soft drink? <laughs> What's your favorite soft drink? What's your favorite? Okay, okay. For soda? For soda, I don't like soda, man. It's got too much sugar. I think what I've been enjoying recently, though, is like if I am going to go off the course of water, I'll do some orange juice. And then sometimes I'll do some pineapple juice. You, don't you know like what I like, any... too? <laughs> yeah, I, have a, I have like I have a I have a I have one that you'll probably appreciate because it's very kid friendly. It's um, I like Capri Suns sometimes. Like, like, I just enjoy a Capri Sun sometimes. I'll get a box of them, but I'll just be like, screw it. I'm going back to my early days as a child, and I'll just drink some. I'll, I'll smash some Capri Suns. I like juice sometimes, dude, because I don't drink it a lot. So it's like it has the sugar, but it's not like, you know, it doesn't have the, uh, the you know, the type of stuff that soda has, right? Well, maybe it does, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has around the same amount of sugar, but I I like lemonade. Lemonade's good. But I think Sunkist uh, orange soda, that's my go-to once in a while. Uh, I don't drink it all the time, just once in a while. Um, eight grams of sugar is a Capri Sun because I have them right now, so it's definitely. Not, I'm just doing a quick fact check, but these are I only get the ones that are like, uh, half the sugar. So usually it's sixteen grams. Oh, there's a half sugar one too. Remember, do you remember the commercials for those where people were turning into like liquid metal? Like I never really understood what was going on there. It was like a Terminator thing. Um, are you thinking of Capri Sun or Sunny D? Because I don't, I don't like, I don't, I do not support Sunny D. No, Capri Sun are the ones that come in the little shiny little yeah. pouches, right? Yeah, like on the commercials, people used to like turn into like 
liquid metal and like when they drank them or something it was really bizarre i didn't understand the commercial sunny d is disgusting i don't know yeah. who drinks that and why it's still made but it just tastes like chemicals like what are you drinking man like stop it get that out of your body no i totally do not support sunny d i think sunny d is like for everything that's good in the world sunny d is like what's bad like sunny d is the anti of all things benevolent it is pure evil in a drinkable container i think personally yeah definitely i'm glad we can uh, agree on something here yeah (laughs) (laughs) dude anything else before we uh close the pod no Uh, i mean i think we covered a lot of stuff uh obviously there's going to be more fallout as we go this is the bear market everybody gonna be drama there's going to be people losing money. I mean, one of the saddest things is like somebody in the space that I was just saying, like, you know, like, because we had a lot of people in there who were like, Yarek was there. Um, Monad was there. Just a bunch of people who were bigger in the space. And the guy was like saying, like, you know, like, you're the ones that are supposed to be, you know, watching this stuff. You guys are like here. And it's like, dude, we can't, <laughs> we can't look into the finances of these like projects. They don't just give us those. Like if we were like in real investing, right? Like there's like, quarterly reports that come out where they say how much money they're spending, how much money they're not. Uh, I mean, even looking at the NFT scene, you got SeaWorld that's investing. So far, they've only invested in like JPEG store. So I asked JPEG store for some info there. I don't know if you saw that thread uh, where they were talking about how much money they make and things like that, where they said that they're currently good to go forward for the next few years without even touching the SeaWorld money, which is quite an investment. And yeah, I don't think it's on you guys at all, dude. What what are they talking about? I well, mean, that's like, what I mean, like it's all of us like, can do what we can do. You can't look into if a company is mismanaging funds until they tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the biggest thing. It's like I could just like, stop talking about Cardano altogether, <laughs> or like I can keep talking about these projects, and like that's all I can do is talk about them, and then people have to research. I mean, I'll never tell it, anybody to buy a token. I just tell people try out the testnet and I mean, you know look into it. Yeah. So I've so what I do mostly sub is I've been going into the metaverses and that's another one that people just tell you, oh my god, why are you talking about the metaverses? It's like, dude, because I do a podcast and one with subcritical, and like we're proving out the we're trying to use it, we're trying to learn it, but basically, dude, it's like you can use the metaverse now, you know, you can actually see it developing. It's in its infancy. Can you say can you say the same about other? other things i would argue at some extent no because there's a lot more money going into the metaverse in my opinion there is going into basically disrupting the traditional finance world um (laughs) but on a separate note right it's like i actually really enjoy talking about cardano i think that there's a lot of things to talk about there that are misunderstood and i think they're misunderstood even by the cardano community so I think if we can get behind understanding our blockchain really well, I think that a lot more people would probably just rather than invest into the highest, most extreme side of the risk curve with projects building on Cardano. Maybe even just like buying ADA, not financial advice. I think that there's something to understanding a single project and where it's going and Cardano you're never going to be done understanding how far it's going. Like it's going really far. Like they're already talking about fourth generation things. Like 
how can you host a NFT file on something that is completely decentralized, not ever going to go down like an IPFS if the founders stop paying. That's fourth generation. That's decentralization. And that's where Cardano is already like thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like this stuff is just going to continue to grow and evolve. And like there's new SIPs all the time and new ways of thinking about things. And like it's just going to keep growing. Uh, I mean, I'm, so I'm here for it. Keep learning. It's like hard to keep up, obviously. Like I see people who are just like, I was gone for a weekend. What did I miss? And it's like a lot. <laughs> like, oh, wild. dude, yeah. You have to give your life to this shit. Yeah, it's so it's pretty wild. Like definitely thanks to you for sticking around and doing all kinds of stuff. Like you're around here, like getting these sips and learning the stuff that like needs to be put out there also. Uh, and I mean, I've just been kind of involved in audience, this weekend. <laughs> no, my, my audience, thank you to my audience, obviously, because you guys, you guys probably are getting annoyed with me because I go so many different directions now on my channel. So I do hope that people enjoy it, but I do think, um, what's great about you too, subcritical is like getting into the weeds and, yeah, man, I would uh, I would love to see you get into some of the uh, you explain some concepts around Cardano stake pools that most people don't know, like batching with DeFi protocols. And that's a use case that doesn't just apply to DeFi protocols like that can apply to a lot of other types of protocols in the future. So I definitely applaud you for doing the same thing. And I know that you have uh, your audience, man, is definitely like you do have the DeFi kind of uh in my opinion, bro, there's not too many people that have the DeFi like like audience that you have on Cardano. You have like a pretty big segment. When people think about DeFi on Cardano, they literally think of you, subcritical. So I love to see you both branching out, but also like kind of following this thing through, even in the bear market with DeFi being at the state that it said, dude, like God love you. Like, honestly, dude, like I, I respect it, bro. I really do. Cause if you weren't there, I'm sure most of the other people have probably left. Well, it's funny. Like, cause whenever there's like finally news about like DeFi, I have to like jump on it and like try and spread the word as much as I can. Cause it's just so hard to get like this info out there because the algo, if it's not in the algo, it doesn't go anywhere. Like everything is mostly like NFTs. And sometimes I get separated. It's weird. Like Cardano feels small but it also feels like separated between this like so nft group and like the DeFi group and then they're like devs i don't and think researchers DeFi, it's really bro, weird i don't i don't think the DeFi like projects and people on project teams understand that we have like such a like crazy nft community like like sometimes i really don't think they understand how big the nft community and the metaverse community is on cardano Cause it's like, it feels like they're just so separated from it. Cause a lot of people came into Cardano without ever doing DeFi. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of people still don't know any of this stuff, but I know you and I have messed around on other chains before. So we kind of knew about it, but it seems like a lot of people got into crypto for the NFTs and that's why they're here. And that's what they know. And that's what they're sticking to. Like they don't, they branch out a little bit, but then when they see scary stuff like this, like Cardano and things like that, they're like, I'm glad I'm still holding on to my NFT that is definitely going <laughs> to zero, but they're, they're satisfied. They already knew like getting into it. This thing will probably go to zero as where a lot of people who were investing in something like Ardana were like, this is the next like big thing, like in DeFi that's going to matter across all chains. 
and then to have that kind of just implode is pretty horrible. Yeah, that's how DeFi usually works too, man. Like oh, you yeah. feel all this is risky. You feel, like, you feel like you found something that's gonna be the next big thing, and then it just implodes. And that's usually what it's like being a DeFi, I feel like. As soon as you <laughs> yeah. find something like like as soon as you find something that you think is the next big thing never done before, that's usually the thing that actually implodes. Right. I mean, there's still people writing stuff down to zero, like it's that just adds an extra zero every couple of weeks and they just keep holding and hoping that it like somebody's gonna notice it and it's gonna like explode and it's like done. Like they've already just like sunk so much time and money that they stick around. Dude, shout out to uh Muesli Swap, eh? I feel like they like started as like the no name order book simple decks and it seems like oh yeah definitely like i would say muesli swap of all things like pretty much on carvana right now has been the one where people are saying like you know uh under promise over deliver it was like no promise just literally came out and said here here's a thing it's delivered like amazing like (laughs) that's great people were like oh no like even myself i was looking at the thing and i was like well this isn't like an amm maybe you know I guess maybe it has potential, but at that point I didn't understand that the EU because this was when I first got into Cardano because it was out so early and it was like a few months after I got into Cardano, so I didn't really like understand that order book dexes are just so much more advanced using the EU Texo model than the account based model. So like I I see why its product has remained kind of strong and. Their ability to innovate and branch out too, it, it surprised a lot of people. So shout out to Muesli Swap. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I mean, there's For plenty now. of teams that are going to continue now. building and I think we'll see a lot of innovation and things going on. But yeah, I think it was a good talk today. Jay, anything you want to say before we wrap up here? All I would say is stay away from Sunny D. Please. <laughs> yeah, leave that out of your body, man. It's not good for you. For sure. Don't let your kids drink Sunny D. Don't let your parents drink Sunny D. Don't let your grandma or grandpa drink Sunny D. Well, maybe them. I mean, they can do whatever they want if they're yeah. old. And if Capri Sun is listening, we, we would be glad to have you as a sponsor for Mapping the Metaverse. Yeah, only if it's the uh, half sugar thing, though, because I, <laughs> I definitely don't want to be spreading too much sugar around because I know how you guys do it. You make these things so damn delicious that like you suck through like five of them. So by the time that you drink like half a box, it's like the same as drinking a a one liter Coca-Cola. So it's definitely good that you reduce the sugar. I would almost like to see a quarter of the sugar actually, to be honest with you. (laughs) But but yeah, shout out to Capri Sun. Shout out to uh, Honey Bunches of Oats. And uh, you don't smell like cat pee, uh, contrary to some critical accusations. And I guess shout out to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You know, whatever. I'll slip that in there. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is delicious. Yeah, one Cinnamon Toast Crunch square is like five liters of Coca-Cola. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... I'm not going to say it's good for you. Definitely, I can't say that. But it is delicious. Dude, it's, uh, it's eat it sparingly. Sugar, bro. It's like a little piece of like... It's like a little piece of fabric covered in sugar. <laughs> It's like not even like uh I feel like it's not even like an edible material. It's just pure it goes right through you. <laughs> it's like they just douse it I'm and I'm sure sugar. there's some fiber in there, Jay. I don't know the exact amount. Yeah, but I'm it's sure all fiber. Some. It's cardboard. They take a little <laughs> piece of cardboard, they make it look like a little thing, and then they 
they absolutely just obliterate it with sugar. Has someone already made rug cereal? Like, is that a thing? Can we do that? Somebody probably What's already that? made that. I don't know. I think it would just be, I'd be popular with the crypto crowd. With your clay, you should make clay cereal with your dude, Clay J cereal. Yeah. No, no, it's in the works. Don't worry. We're, we're talking to honey bunches of oats. <laughs> Try to make a healthy derivative. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, everybody. Uh, this has been Mapping the Metaverse with J Crypto and Subcritical. Have a good week. We're, we're in this place here. All right. <laughs> yeah, coming Bye. to you from the kitchen in Spatial. Yeah, yeah.